you're uh, the type of friend of me. You like you want, me to go, you want you want me to go and take a test because you want to take a test. Yo, I honestly like you're right. <laughs> I I don't know. I was probably a better friend to him than I've been to a lot of people afterwards. So I don't know what compelled me to do that. Uh, I really just took a test because my friends didn't want to be lonely. That's crazy. <laughs> And this ain't like a 10 minute test. We had to sit there for like three hours. Damn. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get Up podcast. I'm your host, Zeke, and in this episode, I have my friend Gene to speak about his story. I'll give a content warning for any strong language used in this episode. And hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. Started. So, I'll ask you the origin story, ask you what name would you name it, and then we just ask the ask questions from there. Okay. Yeah, not a problem. No, actually, how do you represent it? Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, in three, two, one, I'd like to welcome you to join the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Zeke. So the first question I'd like to ask is, what would your origin story be and how would you like to represent it? Um, Sure. So my origin story is uh, a bit different from most people I know. Um, I was born in New York in Queens back in 1997. But uh, shortly after I was born, my parents uh, actually sent me over to Haiti to live with my grandparents. So I think I was a couple months old on my first plane ride. And um, I spent the first eight years of my life living in Haiti. So I, I think a lot of who I am today can be att- uh, attributed to those eight years, even though I don't remember most of it, you know, given the age. Um, but just certain disciplines that I've grown up with, like academic disciplines, came straight from my grandmother during that time period. Um, so as you might know, things in Haiti got a little turbulent around t- uh, 2005, 2006. We've never really been a stable country, but um, there have been periods that have been better than others. And uh, the sort of golden period that we're having at the time that my sister and I were there um, was coming to a close and there was like an increase in violence and kidnappings and things. So um, my parents decided that was the right time to bring us back here. So they'd been living in New York the entire time, you know, living their best American life and everything. Um, So they had us come back to New York uh, to start living with them. Um, We didn't really know English all that well. They tried to put us in a couple English classes to learn the language before we came back. But, you know, there's only so much that's teaching somebody how to say good morning, you know, can show you and prepare you for being a third grader, essentially an immigrant at the end of the day, like uh, an immigrant third grader in this country, um, even though I was a citizen and whatnot. Uh, So came back here for third grade, started that up. Um, I actually lived over in Far Rockaway. Now I live in Howard Beach, Queens, but I used to live over in Far Rockaway. So I went to PS 104 out there. Um, You know, I began in the whole ESL classes that everyone had to do. That was uh, another thing that I'd say shaped me because it just had it it pushed me to have my drive up. As I said, my grandmother had developed this um, sort of academic drive in me from the start. And so coming to this new country, obviously, my performance was going to go down and like that pushed me to work harder um, back in elementary school. And I'd say elementary school is definitely the hardest working I've ever been in my life, but don't tell my bosses that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, I went through that. 
And then I ended up going to Scully's Academy over in Rockaway Beach for middle school. That was my first experience with uh, sort of, I guess, what we call it, some level of advanced education in this country. It was a really good school. Um, had to take a couple tests, do interviews and things to get in, wild stuff. Um, it was also my first uh, experience sort of dealing with my blackness um, because, you know, back in Haiti, all I had around me was black people. And then when I lived in Far Rockaway, all I had around me was black people. So for the first time I was at a school that was 90% white and it was just uh, a complete culture shock. And um, it was a very great period in my life in that I, I was really trying to fit in with people that I didn't fully understand. So, you know, I was trying to be something that I wasn't, but I also didn't know what that something was. So it was a real confusing period in my life. Um, had to deal with some levels of bullying and difficulties just getting acclimated to that. Um, and then after that, my, uh, my mom made the decision for me that I'd be going over to um, Brooklyn Tech High School over in Brooklyn. So that was my first uh, taste of New York away from Queens. Um, was definitely interesting. It was it, uh, it was a school with over 5,000 students, plus the faculty on top of that. It, it was monstrous. Um, my academic performance definitely took a hit at that point in my life. Uh, that was, uh, I'd say, my lowest performing art. <laughs> if we're going to be ranking, that'd be my lowest performing art so far. And um, but what that really drove me towards was sort of developing habits away from school and away from studying and things like that just I guess learning more about the world um, learning more about the people around me uh, admittedly a lot of that time was really spent in video games so I don't know how much I did learn but you know I was making an effort to get out there I got involved in uh, different extracurricular activities you know I was learning about um, I was a part of the Jewish culture club in my school at some point I was part of Aspira which was like the Lat the Latino uh, culture club and um, I was part of like progressive student awareness, which was this political thing, which started a bit of my interest in certain political ventures. Uh, and then after that, I came to Baruch, which is where you and I met each other. And um, yeah, I, at Baruch, I studied computer information systems with a minor in theater. Sort of throughout that whole art that we just covered, I developed sort of an interest for computer science and an interest for acting and an interest for writing and all of these things were like in my face and I didn't know what to go for but you know traditional Caribbean parents they want you to sort of really secure um, something that is financially stable for the future so I decided you know I'd be put in the computers first that'd be my major but I still would have an element of that those artistic endeavors as a part of my minor uh, so I pursued that. And then after I graduated Baruch, I came to work in corporate America, uh, technology consulting. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, and I guess that's a high level overview of the arc of my life. Nice, nice. And then how would you represent it? What kind of medium would you choose? How would I represent it? That is an interesting question you have asked. Um, I don't know how much information I should be giving away right now, but there are certain things in the works. Let's just say if I were to tell stories about my life, I would write a book. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> no, yeah. So 
I'd say for sure preliminary um, way I'd want to do that just because writing is such a big part of who I am now is that I would write about it, uh, write about the people I've met, the experiences I've had. And then, you know, if there there's just a lot of little arcs within that. So, you know, if there'd be opportunities to create like uh, short movies or short films out of those chapters or out of those arcs, that would be where I uh, venture into next. But definitely if I had to represent it, it would be through writing, through poetry, um, figuring out a way to make that work. Nice. Continue with that writing. So all of that, it's kind of funny how you was born in, in the States and then your parents were like, now nah, let's do this kind of bad. Like, yeah. Uh, compared to other parents. <laughs> It's usually the other way around. Like, you know what? Let's get to the state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. My sister and I used to joke. It was like, yo, they ain't want us, man. And they're like, nah, we had them. Um, you know what? Let, let's just take a little vacation from this for, for a few years. Um, but I mean, I, I don't blame them at all. There are certain, that there are definitely invaluable things that I've picked up from that, you know, the ability to speak multiple languages. That's a privilege that I'm going to forever be grateful for because, you know, that opens doors um, for you. And it also made me better for like the multiple years of Spanish that we all have been forced through in this uh, New York educational system. So um, that helped me out there, but it, it's definitely been a more positive impact on my life, but absolutely. They were definitely just not in the mood for it. And they're like, you know what, <laughs> y'all take care of this for a little bit. Like the meme where you're saying you take care, take care of your um parents' grandkids. Yup. You just like, you know what? <laughs> my mom did such a good job of raising my kid, of raising she, me. Right? She can do it. <laughs> she can do it twice. <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah. I was actually just having this conversation with my dad. So my dad has three kids, me, my sister, and my brother. Um, and we we're just talking. It was his birthday this past week, so we we're just talking to him, and uh, we we're joking about how when we have kids, you know, if we're gonna travel or something, we'll leave a kid with him um, over the weekend. He's like, "Why would you do that? Why would I take care of your kid? Why would you?" I was like, "You're the grandparent. <laughs> that's your job. You take care of the kid when I can't. That's that's all there is to it." So yeah, <laughs> funny you brought that up. Yeah, my mom was like, you know what? I'm not taking care. You could drop them off, but come back the same day. I'm just like, but see, well, my grandma you didn't do that. I will tell you that how sometimes, like, you, you break up, you break up the cycle. Like, exactly. <laughs> we have transition for a reason. Now I'm not about every type of transition, but that's one that benefits me, and so I am very much for that transition. This, <laughs> so. The way we made the way we made him just give up on it, we're like, so you're gonna tell me that you gave us to your mother for eight years and you can't take a child for two days? And he was just like, okay, <laughs> and he had nothing to say to that. So don't break the tradition. And <laughs> <laughs> it would feel like that, but like learning the different identities and everything. So when you went to like tech, how was that? Like I remember I applied, I took the test in the I was like, you know what? Look around like this ain't for me. I <laughs> um honestly, I didn't think it was for me either. Uh when I went there. Basically, I didn't know about tech until a few weeks before or a couple of weeks before the deadline to apply for the test. I just remember 
I think what it was in seven. I don't remember if it was seventh or eighth grade. I think one of those two where we applied for it. Um, and my friend was just telling me, Hey, I'm going to take this test and I'm really stressed out about it. Uh, his name was Jackie. So Jackie was letting me know, like his parents have basically been on him and helping him prep for this test for the past, like five years of his life, which to me was insane. Um, cause I had just heard about the test when he started talking <laughs> about it. Um, and he was saying, you know, he has to make it to Stuyvesant. He has to make it to Stuyvesant. That's the, like, if he doesn't, then everything's over. So obviously it was something very important to him. And he wanted a friend to come along with him to take that test. And I was just like, it's a weekend. I don't have nothing going on. <laughs> so yeah, let me go and take this test for you, with you. But, you know, I'm over here, like his parents have been prepping him for multiple years. I just found out about this thing. So I'm really just going in there to waste my time, but it's whatever. Um, I went in and at the time I was at Scholars and I was planning on staying in Scholars and going to their high school because they had a very good high school as well. And, um, you know, I had the grades for it. So I was just planning to do that. But then when we got the results back, I saw that I got into tech and I was in my mind, I was still like, yeah, whatever. I'm still going to Scholars. And my mom was like, no. No, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You are going to go. And I'm over here stressing because I'm coming from having easy 20 minute bus rides to middle school. So now I'm going to have to be on the train for an hour for high school. Like that was a whole life shift, you know, and it's not like the bus rides I used to take were the Q52 or whatever. It was the cheese bus. So it came to my house, picked me up, dropped me off where I needed to go. Now I had to go to a train station to get to another one and find my way to the school. So admittedly, I was one of those kids who had his dad walking with him to school his first week, all right? I, I was one of those. So if I was in a high school drama film, I would be getting absolutely clowned on, but it's okay because tech had way too many people for anyone to care or remember that you were the one who had your dad with you. So that was, um, that was how that experience started off. And, you know, that's why I went into it. But it was rough, man. It was rough. Like I had good grades before, but now I was surrounded by people who all had good grades before, you know, they were all at the top of the class in their elementary schools and their middle schools. Like they did this and I was not ready. You know, I, I, I had begun a really bad habit of slacking off on my homework in middle school because back in elementary school, my parents were really on top of it. But middle school came and they, they became a little more lenient on it. Parent-teacher conferences were a nightmare. But, um, you know, I had, I had developed this bad habit with just not doing my homework. And when you're doing that at tech, that shit did not fly. Like, it was not okay. So my grades started plummeting. I used to be really good at algebra. Geometry was kicking my butt. Like, it was, it was rough. Um, and it honestly wasn't until senior year that I really just, like, found that switch and flipped it around. And I, I think part of it was because it was a matter of effort. You know, like it is a very difficult school, but I, I think with all types of school, like if you're putting effort into it, you're going to get something out of it. And for me, I realized like I've been really underperforming in school. I've been really disappointed in my parents. And next year, they're like, I'm going to go to college and they're going to be paying for this. So do I really want to make them pay for me continuing to get the grades I was getting? So in that last year, you know, everybody waits for senior year of high school because that's like, I'm going to just go and chill out. I'm going to do whatever I want. But for me, I said, OK, this is grind time. Um, I still showed up like 
50 minutes late to my 8 a.m. class, but it was the double period. So that didn't matter. But, um, you know, I definitely applied the pressure there. And yeah, so it wasn't really until my senior year that it turned around, but just being around so many people, so many smart people, diverse people, like it was crazy experience, really. Yeah, my experience, I heard about it in middle school, but I wasn't really like, paying attention because, you know, I was waiting to like, you kind of need to. Then I tell us something for you, I was like, this ain't for me. Then I remember seeing mm-hmm. the auditorium and it was like, look to your left, look to your right. I feel like you're going to make it. I was, I, I, I was being the person who didn't make it. It'd be funny if we were both in the auditorium that day. We didn't know each other. And then years <laughs> later. That would have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, like, yeah. <laughs> You look at each other like you you make it, I won't make it. It's okay. <laughs> nah, I don't, I, don't like, I don't think it happened like that. But funny enough though, I did have a friend um who did want to go to tech and he got the score to get into tech, but he put some irrelevant school first on his list. And so you know how the SHSAT works. It puts you into whatever is prioritized. So he got into that irrelevant school and there was nothing he could do about it. So he just had to stay at the school where he was at. But yeah. yeah. And you're um, a better friend than me. You were like, you want me to go and take a test? Because you want to take a test? Yo, I honestly, like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was probably a better friend to him than I've been to a lot of people afterwards. So I don't know what compelled me to do that. Uh, I really just took a test because my friends didn't want to be lonely. That's crazy. <laughs> and this ain't like a 10 minute test. We had to sit there for like three hours. Damn. Like, I, it's probably hard for a group of 10 of us to meet up together for like, either college or now. And you like, you know what? Let's take a test. <laughs> let's just go take a test together because why not um i you mean um yes he did he Stop did it. get into stuyvesant yeah uh he got <laughs> in by i remember exactly the cutoff score was 579 and he got a five no it was 569 and he got a 572 and then I think for me, the cutoff score for Brooklyn Tech was 5'11", and I got a 5'15". I don't know why I remember this. I just do, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, he, he did get in, so everyone was happy. Well, I mean, obviously there were people in the class who didn't get in, so they weren't happy. But, like, it was, <laughs> it was pretty bad on his part because he started going around to everyone in the class when he got in, like, even the people who didn't get the results they wanted – he was like, I got into Stuyvesant. I got into Stuyvesant. I was like, damn, bro, you really going to make a lot of people feel pressed right now. But I was happy for him anyway. I think that's a good ending to the story. Yeah, I because, you know, for every person like him, there are equally people who spent that amount of time studying, you know, the five years and didn't get in. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm I'm happy his story went well. I I just really didn't expect that I would have ended up in that whole community with him. I think uh, I got B12 on the test, so. Okay, yeah. 12, 12, I, I don't remember how any of that thing worked. I just remember what the cutoff scores were. But um, 
I, I did hear about the the conversations that were going around last year. They they kind of died down during COVID. Um, but the conversations about like revamping how the admissions works for the specialized high schools. I know I, I'm in uh, an alumni group on Facebook, which I I mean I never go on Facebook anymore, but um, whenever things were popping, like people would be texting you about it. So I'd go check it out every now and then. So I was in an alumni group and it was like the biggest heated debate I've ever seen in my life between alumni of a school, just going back and forth, talking about, you know, the sort of the inequalities that exist in the educational system and how certain things like these tests disadvantage them and stuff like that. Um, so that was interesting to follow, but I'm not really sure where they're at with that right now. I graduated, so. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Washed our hands of all of that stuff, honestly. No, but I mean, some, some of the people arguing about this are like 50 years old going on about back in my day, you know, blah, blah, blah. All, everyone could get in. You just had to study enough or you just had to be smart enough, blah, blah. It's a whole lot of tone deaf people who are usually used to being in echo chambers just trying to talk over each other. Um. But I, I think the reason why it was a really interesting debate for me was because, you know, a, a lot of this um, was started because of our mayor, Bill de Blasio, and I went to school with his son. Um, I actually had AP World. Yeah, I had AP World History with uh, Mayor de Blasio's son. So I'm thinking, like, he's trying to change up this whole system that really benefited his son. <laughs> so um, that was interesting to hear about. A uh, fun fact. His son wore uh, shorts and slides to graduation. All the parents were talking about it. My dad still brings it up to this day. He's like, I can't believe you're running for mayor and you let your son walk in with slides and shorts to his graduation. I was like, bro, I, it's not our problem, please. <laughs> That's not our problem. Let's not worry about other people's kids, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. And then we end up at the same college. Yep. Brooks a great school. Yeah. I, I don't get paid to say that, but you know, <laughs> maybe I should. If Brooke, Brooke, if you're watching this, you know, hit my line. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you feel about your experience at Brooke? Though, like, if you had to sum it up in like a sentence. I definitely had a lot of fun. I met like I was talking to all the people I could speak to, and yeah. I definitely like started to open up and like learn more. And I really started learning how to travel. But I used to take the train and bus. I used to take the bus to school, but then um, I had to start taking the train. I was like, okay, now I learned the system. So I pretty much learned to learn the city. Yeah, I yeah, that helped for sure. Um, you're you live in Brooklyn, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, that was definitely my sort of introduction to the whole subway system because even for that one train ride i had to do i had to make a transfer um i take the a all the way from mod avenue to fulton street or no from mod avenue to hoyden skirmerhorn and then i transferred to the g and take that to fulton street yeah but, yeah and then i met you could be playing basketball and i was like yeah. Back in the day before you weren't injured. <laughs> oh, that was 
almost every semester. Yeah, I've been injured like every semester. It really was. Like, every summer, I'd be like, yo, is you going to play basketball again? You're like, nah, you know, <laughs> I just injured my knee yesterday going up for a rebound. So, you know, I, I won't be doing that for a little bit. <laughs> Every time I was like, bro, I mean, at some point you just got to decide I'm not going to go for rebounds anymore. <laughs> you just got to decide. That's it. That's the game. Yeah. First one, I got a knot in my head because I got elbows in my head. Then I strained my, then I hurt my right foot. And then after that, I got a laceration under this eye. Then my nose got scratched. Damn. And then I sprained my left wrist. And then after that, twisted my, I think it was left ankle, then twisted my right ankle. You remember the whole injury history. Oh, my God. I mean, I was in and out of the nurse all the time. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> the only thing I remember was something I did to somebody else. I don't think I ever really got, like, I'd occasionally get like, a, you know, a little pain in my wrist or a little pain in my ankle, but it was never anything that like put me out of commission. But this one time, you remember Adams? Yeah. Yeah, I was playing defense on Adams and then he he was holding the ball and he was just messing around with it. And then I went to swipe the ball out of his hands. And then I think he moved the ball away and leaned forward and my hand came right across his face knocked his glasses down and the lenses popped out and um let's just say i had to pay a good little amount of money after that one <laughs> he's, just, he's just like hey parent um i entered somebody <laughs> <laughs> no, yo it came out of my pocket because um right after it happened he was like we're going to the lens crafters and we're getting this fixed. I said, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know what to like. Part of me wanted to say, bro, you know, not to wear your Ray-Bans when you're playing basketball. But the other part of me was like, maybe he can't see without his glasses. So, uh, you know, cause there were actual prescription glasses. So I was just like, you know what? I was careless. I'll just go with you and I'll, I'll we'll take care of it. But yeah. Injuries. One yeah. time, speaking of injuries, my sister actually sprained her ankle a couple weeks ago. Um, well, she thought it was a sprain because that's what the ER had said, but she actually had a follow-up this past weekend. And turns out it's, uh, I think they call it a nondescript fracture or something like that, but it's essentially a fracture where the bone doesn't come apart. So that's why they had missed it the first time. So she's going to be out of commission for a while. So I've been picking up on some uh, house duties, you know, but it's uh, it's been quite an interesting time because neither of us had ever gotten injured that badly before. And so the first week she came in with her crutches, we were sitting here trying to formulate how we were going to get her up the staircase and down the staircase. <laughs> it was a whole ordeal. And she has to and she's working from home right now. So she has to come down the staircase that we have in the house to come sit at the computer and log on. And so figuring that out was a whole other thing. Um, had some creative solutions for it. But yeah, it's been very fun dealing with that. That's how I do with geometry. Blah, okay, cool. So we take the right angle from the top of the stairs. And then if you take the hypotenuse, because if you use the physics and the gravity, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> we bring it in fit. <laughs> what's next we're gonna bring in the chemistry you know we got we got the carpet so we have to think about sort of how the bottom of the cast is going to interact with the material of the carpet and you know the bonds that will be formed as they pick up traction going out yeah i'm with you right there <laughs> you only know, computer using computer skills make a computer model like, okay cool but just in case these are the different scenarios that can happen <laughs> you could one <laughs> break your ankle again <laughs> to bust your ass <laughs> yeah uh it's definitely dangerous because we got some steep staircases in here so um you know i almost fell and i'm someone who i come down the staircase really recklessly like i just go down the staircase sliding basically and so nowadays whenever my sister hears me that like she gives she hears me doing that she gives me the death glare because she's like, better not break your ankle. We can only have one cripple in this house. <laughs> like, we can't take care of each other. One of us got to be up. Yep. <laughs> Who, she's like, who's going to go get the food from outside? <laughs> I said, we just leave the door unlocked. You know, they can figure out the rest. <laughs> yeah, all those injuries. Just being, I remember the first time I got injured. I can't even go to the nurse because I was 17. So I couldn't sign for myself. Oh. That was hilarious. Wait, so you couldn't sign for yourself to, but back in middle school and stuff, like people could still go to the nurse, or couldn't they? Yeah, but I think that's like a different thing because probably, I don't know, I guess your parents signed, like, I guess like the school had like a certain, um, what do you call it? Like authority over you, I guess, like a certain thing. Mm. They use under their care, but when you're in college, I guess since you're an adult, you have to sign each time. Oh, so you mean when you were in college and you were still 17? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like this was in high school when you nah. were 17. Okay. Huh. I, I didn't know that, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because like generally they're dealing with uh, only people who are legally adults. Yeah, when it comes to college. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, man, one time I sprained my ankle to play ball the next day. I was like, eh, it's good enough. That was like when LeBron sprayed his ankle on the court a few years back, and then you just saw him like rolling his foot in his uh in his uh shoe, and then he just stomped a couple of times and just ran back onto the court. Yeah. Everyone was like, okay. Yeah, I I guess that's what we're doing now. <laughs> Just tightened up the shoelaces a little bit, and then we're good to go. <laughs> Back on the court. Yeah, all this school stuff. I do not miss it. I miss my friends. I'm seeing them every day for no reason. Yeah. I mean, with COVID now, like, I miss everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, even, you know, even if I wasn't in school, like, even when... Yeah, even when I wasn't in school, but I was working at the office in New York, I had my friends who worked within some blocks of me. And so we'd link up to like get tacos somewhere in the middle at Times Square. We'd link up to get drinks after work, you know. So it to me, it was kind of like when we'd go back to the pause office at the end of the day or to the Team Baruch office and just chill out for a little bit. Um, but now it's just like you're done and 
your home is, you know, you don't, it's not every day that you get to have a podcast with Zeke. So it's not like you got some coming up, like (laughs) you just log off and you're like, damn, what now? (laughs) What do I do now? Uh, So it's taken some acclimating, getting used to definitely had to have become a far more interesting person in that process, figuring out different hobbies for myself that I didn't partake in before. Uh, So that's been I mean, it's been a good experience, honestly, uh, sort of forcing me to be in situations where I'm exposing myself to new things, not necessarily being able to go out, but, you know, still doing new things so that once I'm out of quarantine, right, there's just a lot more I'll be, I guess, knowledgeable about in a sense and more people I'll be able to connect with. Uh, And I was just saying this to someone the other day, but I think that it'll be a lot easier to make friends and get into relationships after quarantine not because everyone's going to be desperate for a friend or desperate for whatever but more so because you know typically before in life like when you're in school or you're at work um that's sort of what's connecting you and another person like you either have the same class together and that's the that's the link that's bringing you guys together when you're at work you know you're working on the same project or at the very least you work at the same company so you can make friends off of that but when you go out into society like you go to a bar i mean you can talk about the fact that you're both at the bar right now but that's only going to take you so far there's a game on you can talk about that but generally there there's not a lot that brings people together but now we've all lived through this experience every single person you know, who believes in COVID at the very least has lived through this experience of being quarantined and being in this pandemic. And even if they didn't believe in COVID, they still live in a world where this is happening all around them, right? So that's something that's going to link people together. And that's an immediate conversation starter. Of course, I think, you know, once we're out, the question, so how was your quarantine is going to get real boring real fast. But there's so many questions you can ask revolving somebody's quarantine, right? That, you know, just having that one linking thing that you can always fall back to as like, this is what this person and I have in common. I think that's going to be helpful for people trying to make friends. A conversation starter. Like, yeah. yeah. How how do you survive? Same thing. Whenever there's a zombie apocalypse, if that ever ends, you know, and you're meeting people, that's going to be what links y'all together. How'd you survive? <laughs> um, and then friendship will blossom from there, you know? Like my walking dead. This is, I don't know, being like sickly as an elementary, kind of you're used to staying inside. So I have a lot of inside hobbies anyway. Mm-hmm. And I have my Switch, which is right next to me. So I always connect to the computer. And then I can use that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, there are definitely ways to keep busy. Um, absolutely ways to keep busy. Like I've always been a big gamer ever since, well, my first console was a PS one back when I was six, but I broke it like one day. And so we don't talk about that one, but like the first (laughs) console I really had was my, um, Xbox 360 back in sixth grade. Um, so Ever since I got that one, like I've just always been into gaming and I I have I've had days where I played a whole lot more games than I should have. Um, but when quarantine started, like that gave me a reason to sort of dive back into it, because as we went through college towards the end of it, 
not towards the end of it, more towards the middle. I kind of started playing games a whole lot less than I used to. I still played a lot during finals week and midterms week because for me, that was my way of like decompressing. So it would be either games or Netflix. Um, but generally, I wasn't playing as much uh, as I used to. But then with COVID coming in, I just had like that was right there. It was easily accessible and I could just hop back into it. And it's not like I had anything better to do. Um, so I just easily got back into the flow. And then when the new consoles dropped, I picked up the Xbox Series X. And so, you know, I've been on that. Um, in the past couple of weeks, I've winded down on my gaming again because I'm just working on a bunch of things right now. And my mind is like firing on all cylinders. And so you caught me at a good time for the podcast because like there are moments where all I really want to do is play games. And then there are moments where I want to be active and i want to be talking to people so you caught me out of one of those times um so yeah right now i'm just working on a bunch of different things moving from side to side so i haven't had as much time to play but i still save like i don't know like half an hour an hour a day just to wind down at the end um and then yeah and i do have a switch as well but i don't play the switch as much yeah, I didn't have money for a PlayStation 5. Like, I had money, but, like, that was all the money I had at, to my name at the time. Not like, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't really need this. Yeah, not worth it. I Like, for me, I kind of want to also get a PS5. Like, I, I have the Series X, and so, and I have a PS4. So, really, the PS5 is kind of redundant right now because there's not much on it that I want to play that i wouldn't be able to play on a console i already have but it's also the ps5 so (laughs) i want to do it but the whole like it is just everywhere that it drops it sells out almost instantly and same thing happened with the xbox when it first dropped but i was there like the first day they set up the pre-orders i had multiple tabs open i was just going through all the tabs like refreshing everything and i ended up getting into two of them bought two canceled another order so that somebody else could buy it but um for the ps5 like i have not been as lucky with that and i'm not going to sit around waiting for the drops either so i can time it so i'm just like if it happens and like it's available and i can get it in my card and i can pick it up then i'll do it but it's not something i'm actively like seeking out right now yeah yeah, I ain't have money. I still have the money. <laughs> so that PS5 Plus comes out, I'm like, now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they're going to do that because I, I think this is the first time, at least since I've been paying attention, maybe that's why I'm noticing it. But I, um, for my friends who paid attention to this before, I feel like this is the longest that the new consoles have gone without being like at least semi-consistently in stock like every single store that drops them they sell out immediately and part of it is because the scalpers have their bots constantly running like 24 7 ready to pick it up whenever a drop is announced but uh yeah it's crazy so i i wonder with all this demand that they have for the original version how quickly they're going to move on like releasing those slim versions that they usually do um plus they came out with both the the hard disk and the digital version on day one the digital version being the more affordable one 
so I, I I don't know if they're going to go with the with the usual setup that they usually do, but I, I know a lot of people are not happy with the white PS5 and they want a black PS5. So I feel like that's something we have in the works. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm just like, I see my friends who we selling them. I'm like, hmm. I, I actually got to play with my friends on all day. Last month, was January. Yeah. We still have some chilling. He had a PS5. I was like, oh, word. You got money, money, I see. <laughs> you got the PC money. Bro, I I saw someone we both know. I'm not going to say names, but I saw someone we both know reselling PS5s for $1,000. <laughs> and I was so close to unfriending. <laughs> I was so close because I was like, you are the very person that's making this a problem for people, all right? Like... There are kids out there who wanted a PS5 for Christmas, but ain't get it because somebody wanted to buy it and go sell it for twice the price, you know? So, uh, but I mean, oh, go ahead. My friend, he got it for retail because his friend got it. Got two of them and he just sold them for retail. Okay. I was like, wow. Yeah, you know, where are those friends at? Hmm. <laughs> You know, I go take tests with people, but nobody wants to give me a retail PS5. I see, I see how it is. People moving funny these days. Okay, <laughs> but it's cool. It's like, oh, this this is different. I use the headset. I was like, ah, oh, play some Call of Duty. I was like, this is nice. Yo, I miss the days of playing. Uh, like Call of Duty, like a tryhard with my headset on. I'd just be, you know, camped up in a corner waiting to hear somebody's footsteps. And then the moment you hear those footsteps, you're popping out the corner. Um, did you play Modern Warfare 3? Yeah. Yeah, so I got my first Moab camping in a corner with a Type 95, <laughs> just listening for people's footsteps. It was, um trying to remember the name of the, the map. I think it was Mission. But it was it was like one of those maps uh, where that was kind of deserty, but it had a lot of old buildings, and I was just camping on this ramp, and people kept on coming after me, and you know I had I had the the turtle beaches on, and I was just like, I hear him coming from the left, I'm going for it. <laughs> I just kept doing that over and over. Um, but how how was it to play with the um, the DualSense controller? I, I know that was like the biggest innovation they had in terms of the accessories, the new controller. Oh no, I didn't really feel anything. I was just playing cards. Yeah. So I was like, it felt it felt normal playing cards. Okay, I I think it's a technology that they're probably like the the game developers might make more use of going forward. Yeah. But it also might be something that maybe only the PlayStation exclusives makes you make use of because that's just going to be more work for them to specifically design like sound and everything for the PlayStation separately from how they did it for the Xbox and everything else. So, yeah. I was like, Oh my God, this time we have friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of my friends has it. I might honestly just pop out to his house uninvited. <laughs> just like, Hey, Hey, big head. <laughs> you know i bring him a little a little plate of cookies or something i'm like hey brought you gifts mind if i come in for a couple of minutes just want to say hi to the family you know I haven't seen him in a while you know the quarantine and everything <laughs> like work in college yeah uh, uh 
have you been meeting up with uh, anybody during this time? Like yeah. just yeah. like the same group of like ten, ten, ten of us. The first thought of like three of us playing Fortnite together on the Switch. Well, not Switch, <laughs> Switch and computer. Yeah, Switch. Okay. Oh yeah, because I have crossplay with Fortnite. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then at the Athens work for the summer, then we started hanging out like in person at a friend's house. And it was like, you know what? This is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yo, my friends and I started playing Among Us um at when it first came out. But for me, like I it it, it was fun for sure because I've always enjoyed like mafia games and resistance and things like that. Um, so when it first came out, it was really fun, but like everybody got addicted to it and they wanted to play every night. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to play this game every night. So at some point, I, for me, I just like, if somebody's asking me to do something over and over, I get burnt out from it without even doing it. So at some point, I just completely stopped playing with them. Um, and they started getting mad at me. They, they, like they, we, we have a Discord group and we usually get in calls like throughout the day just because not because we're doing anything specific we'll just be in there chilling with each other virtually um so i'll get in the call and then somebody will make a joke and i'll be like oh i don't get it and they say well maybe you get it if you played among us with us and I'm just like, bro it's not that deep it's really not that deep i keep getting an imposter i got i just take that fast i got imposter 22 times including 53 times sometimes it'd be possible like three or four times in a night that's like <laughs> definitely not even statistics, but yeah, they never gave me imposter because <laughs> I, I was okay with that though. Because anytime I was imposter, I was so stressed out. I was just like, bro, I don't want anyone catching me. And one of my friends is a master interrogator, uh, when it comes to Among Us. So, like, he would just sit here and ask all the all the right questions and then you know if you stutter just a little bit he'd be like yep that's the imposter right there just send it in the chat call it calling me out to everyone and then that's the end of that so i was a lot happier you know having somebody pull up from a vent and smack me upside the head instead of me being the imposter because i would not survive as imposter <laughs> like my first four like my first five games i got imposter four times so that's actually what um tashi did like i don't know I don't know the task. I'm just starting. Yeah, I that wait. Yeah, that happens to be seen. No, but I wasn't. I wasn't an imposter. <laughs> I wasn't even an imposter. But for my first couple games, nobody explained to me that you had your task in the top left corner and you had to be doing them. So somebody was asking me, "What task did you have?" And I was like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what task I had. They said, hmm, that's real suspect that you ain't know what task you had. I was like, bro, I just started playing this game 10 minutes ago. I don't know what you're talking about. If you want to show me, I'm cool with that, but I'm not the imposter. I just don't know what you're talking about, okay? She's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. She's like, all right, kill. I'm like, all right, cool. How you play the game? Kill. Okay, that's it. That's what I need to know. That's it. All right, cool. And then people started trying to take advantage of that too. Like people who just started playing the game, they'd come into the chat, they'd be like, hmm, I just started playing. What does this kill button on my screen do? <laughs> yeah, that game had us for that game had us for like months. Too much. It came up the same time, four guys. 
That was quite oh funny. yeah, it did come out. That's one where my presence was even more short-lived. I think I played Fall Guys twice <laughs> with my friends, and that's another one that they got mad at me for. But I, I was not good at Fall Guys. I was so bad at Fall Guys. Like, there, I'm not gonna sit here. The thing about me is, I mean, I can enjoy a game if I'm not good at it but I usually don't. <laughs> so, you know, for me, if I'm pulling up and I'm just dying and losing over and over, I'm going to wear off that game so quick. And I, I think it's one of those games where the more you play it, you sort of pick up on the tricks and the mechanics of all the different activities. But I was not willing to invest that time. That game was not serious enough for me. So I just said, you know what? Yeah, I'll have your fun. I'm going to go play 2K because I'm kind of good at that still. <laughs> and then you can handle your business. But Yeah, I got one victory. So. Oh, one. I mean, I have zero, so that's better than me. <laughs> but I can't play because my brother bought it when he had the PlayStation Plus on his account. So then for me to get it, I would have to um, buy it on my account. And I was like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, if you already had it, nah, I, I wouldn't do it either because I, I don't even play. Did? Yeah, I don't know. But, like, every time an update comes out, my friends are like, yo, we hopping on Fall Guys for the new update, right? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we're hopping on for, for the new update, yeah. And then a week later, they're just like, yo, I thought we are supposed to hop on Fall Guys. I said, yo, I, I thought so too, bro. That's mm-hmm. It's kind of weird that that didn't happen. Yeah, I was under that impression too. <laughs> and then I get one of my friends about my PS5, but she won't buy me one. I'm just like, you're not friends. You're not your friends I see. <laughs> but it's not the same. Like, we'll be going to people's cribs like we used to when we were younger, you know? When you were younger, like, all the time you'd be over at somebody's house and you'd be playing I never was. or whatever. Oh, you didn't even do that. Yeah. I'm for me, I used to, but nowadays I never go to people's houses um anymore and definitely don't play their consoles. But even then, like going to their houses and playing their consoles, I'd be like, damn, I want this at my house. Now I don't want to just do this when I'm over at your house. I want it at my house. So that's how I got my first Xbox. Cause I used to spend my summers down in Florida with my aunt and my cousin, and my cousin had a 360. And like I fell in love with Halo and 2K during I think the summer of 08 or summer of 09. Um, summer of 09 for sure. I fell in love with Halo and 2K. And when I went back home, I was like, there's no way in hell I am waiting a whole year before I could play that Xbox again. So from that moment until Christmas, I was just begging my parents for it. I put together a nice little PowerPoint presentation as to how I was doing in school and why I deserved the Xbox and where they could buy it from. Like I was dedicated. Yeah, my mom always bought my my mom or my grandma bought always bought the console. But then my mom was like, I'm not buying a PS5. I was like, see my failed me at this point. All right, bet. So I had a PlayStation 1, 2, PSP, 3, GameCube, DS, like. DSi, DDS. Oh, we had the DSi, and I skipped the DSi. I um, yeah, I had the PS1. I had then I had the 360, then the PS4, and now the Series X, and then I had a Game Boy Advance XP, 
I had the DS Lite. I had the 3DS after that. And then I got the Switch. Um, but there's some games that I miss on Game Boy Advance, bro. Like, there was this one Dynasty Warriors game that I used to be obsessed with. And Pokemon Emerald. Um, yeah, and I, I would not be able to tell you where any of that is right now. I mean, I've moved houses, so I know it's definitely not here. <laughs> but, yeah, I miss those. I, actually, I, I remember I had this one Sims game once that I was in love to. It was on the Game Boy Advance. And uh, we give our clothes to we, we would give our clothes to the laundromat and they take care of it. And this one time we got the laundry back and they just had something in a little bag on the side. And it was like a crumpled up cartridge of that Sims game because I had left it in the pockets of my pants and nobody like I hadn't checked to see that. So it just went into the washer and got completely destroyed. So that was a devastating day. Um, yeah, still not over it, honestly. <laughs> I used to think about, like, man, if I take that pocket, if I do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's why every time now, before the laundry gets done, you know, I, I'm checking every pocket of every pair of pants, every sweater, anything that goes in, I'm checking every pocket because I, I can't go through that trauma again. Nah. <laughs> Even though now the most valuable things i have in my pocket is like a chapstick or something so <laughs> no i'd be fine but yeah i still got my piece yeah, still a bunch of pieces of two games there's a thing called a, a panasonic gamecube where it's a gamecube with a dvd player it was a japanese exclusive and when hmm. i got a lot of money i'm gonna I'm I'm buy it and something called a psx was a physician one and a physician two together another japanese exclusive and is it more like, is it like a modernized type thing? No, nah, this is years ago. In the early 2000s. Okay. Uh, I mean, hey, if it still works, then it still works. That's pretty cool. This was like a thousand. I was just like, Because uh... <laughs> it's Japanese. I mean, before you buy it, <laughs> I'd make sure that they have a... Uh like an Eng a language option that lets you put it in English. Otherwise, you're going to have to learn how to read Japanese, bro. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, T, you know Japanese, right? You're learning Japanese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she come through with the help for that. Honestly, like, watching anime teaches you a bunch of words in Japanese, but it most definitely the, the, has not helped me learn to read any Japanese. I'll tell you that. Um, I watch the Japanese sub and Japanese subtitles. Just like, oh, <laughs> what are you learning then? <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna have to learn Catholic schools, don't have. You're like, you're like associating the, the hand motion. You're like, I think when somebody turns their body this way, they're angry. So they're probably saying, I hate you, right? So that means I hate you. Okay, they said that. And then those letters showed up in this order. So this must be hate. That's I, that's you. All right, I got it. <laughs> We're figuring this out. And then turns out the whole time she was just saying, I'm hungry. Yeah. I mean, you could make it work if you were basically willing to watch everything twice. So every scene that happened, you did the Japanese audio and Japanese subtitles. 
and then you replayed it with Japanese audio and English subtitles. The issue, though, I think is that the subtitles are written differently in different languages. Yeah. And so they wouldn't line up one to one. But you'd get a good enough idea, I think. They usually write them for the audience. Yeah. And I mean, at some point, patterns would develop where you'd see a certain set of letters where the same word is being mentioned in each sentence. And so you'd be like, okay, so that one specifically has to be that word. And then, yeah. I think for the Panasonic GameCube, I think was system, but they had a Canadian version, Canadian English. Okay, that's close enough. Yeah, I wait, hold on. What's even Canadian English? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yeah, close enough, I guess. I've, I've been to Canada way too many times in my life, and I don't think I've ever. <laughs> well, I mean, they do have the whole A thing going on at the end of their sentences. Yeah. The so your GameCube might just be pulling up on you like, you want to play Mario, eh? And then, yeah. Other than that, I think it'll be fine, though. He's like, yes. Well, I need money for that. Anyway, I need a job. I need two jobs to save. I need one job to, to save up for that. And the other job to eat. <laughs> That's really how it goes, bro. It's like, I need two jobs. One for spending, one for saving. Yeah. Ah, oh, life is fun. Yep. I think that's the outcome we can all take from uh, everything we've experienced. Life is fun. You were salutatorian. I was like, oh my God, my man Dean, that's fun. That's crazy. Am I? I don't think I am. <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was an incredible honor um, really to be chosen for that. It was an incredible honor. Like, when the process first started, I never thought in a million years that I would have actually ended up doing it. Like, I was just like, all right, I'm going to go in this. I'm going to put my best foot forward. We'll see whatever happens. And I mean, I, I guess if there's anything to be gained from that, it's really just the only thing you really can do in any situation is put your best foot forward. And sometimes it will actually work out. So, um, you know, even if you don't think you have a shot at something, just like you're not losing anything by giving the best version of yourself and so i'm really happy it worked out i know my parents were finally happy that their lecturing <laughs> after endless parent-teacher conferences finally paid off um i was just really happy i didn't make them waste money on a college education <laughs> uh, so yeah that was it was, but trust me, it was as surprising to me as it was to you. So don't, <laughs> I did not see it coming. I was like, oh, word? Must be nice. Must be. <laughs> but, yeah. Are your parents paid for college? I had a financial aid. I was like, poverty. Nah, financial aid did not want me. I look. I remember looking at the um in high school, looking at the paper for the household income, and I wasn't on the mm -hmm. paper. That's how low my income was. I was like, I'm going to have for free. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> like, 
Shit, y'all better pay for my textbooks too. <laughs> so yeah, you do the calculations like you're not even you're like the fifth single person household. You ain't even on that, never on that level. I'm just like, thank you, Dad, for leaving. <laughs> I was not expecting to go there. Oh my god. <laughs> But where is shout out to him, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you made shit happen. <laughs> I ain't got no debt. They're like, this content is trillions dollars. Somebody else's problem. Somebody that truly is somebody else's problem. So yeah, I'm very grateful um to my parents for that as well. Like uh because I haven't to hear about my friends thinking about like, oh, you know, my next student debt payment is coming up and blah, blah. Um, I I know I don't want that stress for myself. And, you know, God forbid I were to lose my job and something happens like and I had student loans to pay, I'd be in deep water. But if something happens now, yeah, at least I know I'm not paying for all of that. So it's, I think it's definitely there's there's a level of freedom that, that comes to either graduating without student debt or like once you finally put in that final payment to pay off your student debt. I know um, my friend used some of his stock market winnings to uh, pay off his student loan debt. And he was like, I don't even care if it gets forgiven in the future. I just wanted that off my conscience now. And then he, he just took care of it. And I was like, you do you, bro. So I respect it for sure. Yeah. What else? Gotta make this merch. Gotta make this money. Yeah, what you gotta do, bro. Like just figuring out the different things you can sort of associate with your name, with your brand, and then branching out in those, trying to make businesses out of them. Yeah. I respect the hustle. Hustle everything. That's funny. So like school, also had that you had that apathy you get when you're good at school and you don't want to do it no more. So you got the least amount of effort. But like yeah, me, my mom, my mom was five eleven. My mom was five eleven two fifty. So like I still had to put in work if I didn't want to. Yeah, else you was gonna catch that whooping. <laughs> Now, I think I did develop a bit of that apathy back in middle school, which would maybe explain sort of how my high school experience went. But um, at some point, I don't know, kind of went away. So, well, I guess at the point where I started not performing well, <laughs> it went away. And for college, I never really got that. Like, I just, I, I think my first semester was my worst semester. And then I just had the foot on the gas from there on. My worst semester was my second to last, 3-2. That was my second worst semester. My second to last was my second worst semester. And then my last one was tied for my best semester. Last one I had, 3-7. That was a lot. Remember, I told you I almost failed the class because I did I forgot the seventh assignment. So I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I wasn't doing too hot in physics during that second to last semester, which is why <laughs> I had that 
you know um gpa there but uh, it, it was yeah physics was a struggle not because i'm bad at physics like i took three years of physics back at brooklyn tech i had regions physics then i had ap physics b and then i had ap physics c but for this class he um, normally like in my life previously i would do physics with raw numbers but he wanted you to do physics with just the variables. And I just was not in the mood to do <laughs> physics with nothing but variables. It was like no numbers, just do the variables. And so we were doing some algebraic physics. And I was like, bro, I haven't taken algebra since seventh or eighth grade. You know, I don't remember this stuff. So uh, <laughs> I struggled a little bit at the start. But thankfully, it was one of those classes where the final was worth half the grade and then I ended up with like a hundred on the final so it dragged all my crap test scores back up I said bless you bless you after that cover all of them I used to just fall asleep in class <laughs> at the same exact time like after playing ball just knock out real quick in the middle of the lesson come back <laughs> participate a little bit I I don't think I've ever done that I I would class sometimes to go hang out with people like in different offices, but I never like left class, went to play ball and then came back. So I didn't leave. Like I was after like the um, club I was. I was um, oh. And then I, I guess I'd be exhausted. So I just fall asleep in class at the same time. Okay. Oh, because you were playing ball before? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I used to fall asleep in class too, but it was, it was just because of lunch. Like, I just get the itis around 2 p.m. every day. Even now at work, I get the itis. Like, I've been, even back when I was at the office, I'd be in meetings, <laughs> kind of just like <laughs> dozing off sometimes. And I felt so bad about it. Um, but it, it was like real quick second. Uh, and then I'll just be back. And then, you know, I'd like profusely drink my water to keep myself awake. Um, but yeah. I just, I just be going in. Yeah. We need a new lifestyle. It's 80, 20 hour work week saying you don't work. I only work 20, I only work 18 a week. No. Yeah. Yeah, you won't make it work though. Believe. With everything you got going on right now, you got it. Other week I asked for a thousand dollars. I was like, it was funny, but thousand dollars came out of nowhere and blessed me. And I'm like, get a thousand dollars. I was like, oh wow, the universe actually works. <laughs> if you talk to the universe, uh, it's, there will be a response. I don't know if it's the response you're gonna like, but <laughs> you'll get a response. Now it's like it'd be fun to be a billionaire. You know, just just saying on that Jay Z level. Honestly, I don't even know if I want to be that rich. That's like too much money for me. It's like, what am I going to do with that? It's like I, I spent all my time trying to figure out what I'm going to do with it instead of actually doing things with it, I feel like. But you have to keep like uh, money in real life. Money doesn't stay. It doesn't last that long. You got to keep it coming. Yeah. But I mean, if you have a billion dollars, like, Honestly, I think I could comfortably retire on 10 million post tax. 
Yeah. So if you have a billion dollars, you absolutely do not need an income to keep that up. I, I guarantee you, you do not need an income to keep that up. You told Jeff Bezos that when he gets divorced and he's still the richest man. Bro, they, <laughs> like, they don't need the money. They just make more money because they want a bigger number. They don't need the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, you legitimately have already gained all the money you could possibly ever use. Like, if I had a billion dollars, like, just a billion flat, I would die with hundreds of millions still left. There is no way in hell, like, I'd feasibly be able to spend all of that. And, I, you know, I'm not exactly someone who's, like, automatically thinking about starting a family or anything, so... I wouldn't. <laughs> it's not like I'd be passing it on to my children. I'd probably just pass it on to my sister's kids or something or my cousin's kids. But, yeah. but here's our uncle. Here's your uncle paying for your college for life. Paying for, <laughs> for your college, for your kids' college, your grandkids' college. Yeah. But that Billy, though, that'd be different. It's like, that's, you got to move different. You can't go outside no more. You want to go place place. Yeah, I mean, just don't don't let anybody know you got it, bro. I, <laughs> man, I, I really feel like... Hmm? What's going to be like, this person got a billion dollars. Who? You lying. You lying. <laughs> Yo, I would live in a quiet house. Like, I would own a mansion just for when I feel like having a mansion-type lifestyle, but I don't think that's something I'd want 24-7. So I'd probably just live in a regular, like, million-dollar house out in Long Island or something. Just to, like, drive a regular, you know, not maybe regular, but, like, you know, type of car that a doctor could afford or something. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be whipping out in the Lambo and stuff like that. Like, that, the, doing all that extra stuff does not interest me. If anything, I'd, like, try to figure out how to use that money to build uh to build programs and things to help our urban black kids get introduced to arts and technology and everything earlier on um just so that they understand from very young ages how many options are available to them in the world and you know making options available to them as well so that's that's probably where most of that would be going because that just has a payoff like Paying to build a better world, I think, is more valuable than paying for the next five yachts. You know, how I get the next one billion is nice, but two is better. (laughs) And that's the no that that really is the billionaire mentality right there. Like one billion is nice, but two is better. So I mean assuming that I could make my money walk for me and actually do, you know, the things that I want to accomplish in life, then yeah, I'd want more money. But I I, I do have to question to an extent how much just having money can realistically do because there are a whole lot of people with money and there are a whole lot of problems not being solved. So surely there has to be something stopping all of these billionaires from solving problems. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's regulatory issues, like if you can't just pump money into whatever, but I don't think that's 
the case. I feel like as long as it's being taxed, you can still make donations or whatever. Or do charitable donations get taxed? No. I know it's a tax deduction for the person yeah. who gives it, but I don't know if the receiver, the recipient has to give any of that to the IRS. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what the issue is because I... I read the numbers somewhere. I, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, so grain of salt, but it was something about how if a billionaire took a certain portion of his money, he'd be able to build housing for all of the homeless that currently exist in the country or something like that. And I'm like, if it's that feasible, then why isn't someone doing it? So because I have hope in humanity, I have to think that there's some reason why they're not able to just do that but I'm not quite sure what that is um, at the moment. I'm watching a video saying like, there's a bunch of like apartments and homes that are empty because it's financially better to keep them empty than fill it with somebody else in it. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's about the money. If it's not going to make anybody money, then why do it, right? Yeah. So... And then when she get two billion, so I look into a private army. And then you start looking to a private, you saw buying countries. And then you start making your own Wakanda, whatever. Look, FBI, if you're listening to this <laughs> right now, I am not co-signing any of the privatized military stuff. That is all Zeke. You know, so when you see Wakanda pop up in 10 years, I had nothing to do with it. But I'm I hear you, brother. I hear you. I'm <laughs> but no, but no, they raided their um capital. There was like Akon, hurry up. <laughs> Akon of all people? Oh no. He's helping out with Africa with the solar panels all that stuff. And he yeah, he is people. helping out Africa a whole lot, but I mean Akon don't got Wakanda money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, if he had Wakanda money, sure, I guess that'd be one of the more likely people to do it, but he don't got Wakanda money. So. I was like, we can help him. Gotta make him go faster. Yeah. So yeah, back to graduation. I had my switch for me because I was like, it'll be two hours of me sitting there listening to my last lecture of my life. Yeah, I, you know, being on stage, I had less options of what to entertain myself with. I couldn't really just take out my phone up there. So I just had to start people watching and looking at everyone. And that's about all I could do. Yeah. Like my friends didn't want to be caught with a switch on the jump on the jumbo screen. No, I didn't care. I was like. <laughs> they show it. <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, yeah. Here's my friend code. Add me, everyone. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. Third episode for this yeah. season. Yeah. What season are we on now? Five. Season five. Okay. Well, thank you again for inviting me. No problem. Uh, I think we had a real good conversation. You know, we hadn't caught up in a long time. So this served to sort of do that too. So yeah, that was great. The last question is, what would you name your origin story? Or you want to keep it secret because of your book? 
Whoa, Zeke, hold up now. There is no book. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? What book? Um, what would I name my origin story? It's a good question. Hmm. Hmm. Damn, you had to hit me with a deep one, bro. I'm, I hadn't really thought of this. <laughs> Hold up. Give me, give me a few seconds. I got this. This might sound a little morbid, but there, there's always this theme that comes out in my writing, right? And I think if I were to have written a poetry book about my life, for example, this theme would likely have been prevalent in it. And it's like this theme of drowning in a sense, not necessarily drowning in water, but like headspace type of drowning. Um, and so, something related to that like maybe like into the depths or something like that and it would kind of uh be a uh, double entendre and that would be it would be like into the depths of my origin or my story right so yeah nice. i'll say that for now yeah. that brings another episode of the let's get podcast so close Again, I thank my friend Jean for joining the podcast. For next week, I'm a friend blessing to speak about starting her own clothing brand. Hope continue that day, and I hope to see you there. Mm-hmm.